season five, episode seven, take one. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Attack Early Show. My name is Matt, and I am joined today by my good friend from Nashville, Sam Moses. What's up, guys and gals? Always different. It's always different. That one felt wrong. Do you want to do it again? Nope. Just keep going. We're just wrong. Just keep swimming. <laughs> just keep swimming. I just want to hear how it's going to turn out because, like, even like the little awkward bits are made better. Yeah, clown by whatever you do in the background. Yeah, I got to make it sound good still. <laughs> Not like an idiot. Uh, well, <laughs> fix it in the mix. You know, something like mixer that. will take care of that. Don't worry. Yeah, fix it in master. Anyway, on today's episode, we are going to be chatting about using saturation and other texture-creating devices and effects Woo! and whatever in mastering. Saturation! Is my voice all distorted right there? Or I was thinking about it. sounded like know. I was going through a cheese grater. Saturation. Crazy, like, lo-fi stuff happening. Is lo-fi attached? I, I guess it's texture. Lo-fi has saturation because it's basically texture is like texture is totally like everything. Yeah, like it's such like a it's such a sleeper word <laughs> because texture is anything that's just not clean. Right, 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 right. Man, we can, man, we can chat for hours on this. Ugh. That'd be funny by like thirty minutes. We're like, all right, I think we're. Uh, and that covers. I think it. we're done here. To go. Yeah, I'm done. Wrapping up. Anyway. Sam. Matt. Take us away in housekeeping. Woo-hoo. Tell the people what they've won. Hello, listener. Thank you for joining us today on this Spin that wheel. housekeeping. Crowd goes wild. Okay. It's pretty good. I'm going to cut us off there so I don't have to keep doing sound effects. I just did all the sound effects. What are you talking about? It's true. I'll with my mouth. With saturation. Uh, listener, thank you so much for paying attention to that, for listening to that. Hope it made you smile. Um, if you want, just hit the next 30-second forward button on your app. Don't but do that. If you want to stick around, if you really want to be a part of the community, if you really want to help us out, if you really care, which I know you do, uh, go like, share, subscribe the episode, take a screenshot of the episode, post it on your Instagram, tag Matt, for the record mastering, tag me, Moses Mastering, mm. we will reshare your post, thus, visa versa, cross market, we all win. I call that a win-win-win, because it's me, Matt, and you, so that's a win-win-win. Um, mm. And then we all uh, get to expand the community of the Attack Release Show. Matt and I get to meet new people and talk to you guys and gals, which is always fun. I've loved that. It's probably one of the best perks of the podcast is getting to know our lovely listeners um and that's about it like share subscribe take a screenshot post on instagram love that helps uh the podcast get out into the world a lot more than just matt and i randomly hollering at people about it so thank you so much for those that do it please continue to do it tell a friend tell a foe and that's how you mow here we go (laughs) dr sis Dexis. Uh housekeeping done. Wrapped. I've always wondered if reading the amount of Dr. Seuss that I have read in the past four years will make me a better public speaker, especially when it comes to tongue twisters. Ooh. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, You'll have to do some more the, public speaking. The vote is still out on it. 
Maybe I should read a Dr. Seuss book and I don't know. Would you get sued or something if you read <gasps> Dr. a copyrighted Seuss? book on like some type of a thing like this? I don't know if you get sued, but you're I know Is you're, that like a legal issue? Yeah, you're not allowed to do that without getting sued. What if clearance. I read it backwards? Uh don't know. Don't not sure. Not sure. It's read in the not intended way. <laughs> probably all right honestly if you read it backwards yeah i wonder if someone could make a business off just printing books backwards <laughs> like no well i mean that's what they do on youtube like if they ever want to copy the video and get around the copyright is they literally just like just reverse mirror it. the thing yeah they just mirror the thing yeah. and so like you're confused for the first while you're watching it you're like wait a second <laughs> this used to be on the other side <laughs> of the screen how interesting so hmm. interesting that's a hustle all right saturation like no shit you read green eggs and ham backwards it starts out with a guy who really likes green eggs and ham <laughs> and then he ends up hating it at the end of it right which is not a child's book yeah. you want them to eat the foods that they're you know curi- not curious about any woo any woo <laughs> anywho Sam why don't you tell us some of the uses do, 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 for saturation uses. and texture. texture. Is it allowed to be used Salt in mastering? Pepper. Well, <laughs> what do you got going? What do you got going on over there? Just You're just like random like condiments for a table. Making a stew, baby. I'm adding texture. I'm adding saturation. Soy sauce. Making a stew. Worcestershire. <laughs> Worcestershire. Worcestershire. Shirachi. Um, Apple cider vinegar. <laughs> We gotta get into this. Listener, thank you. Here we go. This will be great information. We promise. Saturation. Let's talk about what saturation is. Uh real quick. Hot take. Sam's history on saturation. Uh from what I remember uh, about saturation is really it started back in the tape days. I mean, there's probably saturation if you just want to call it distortion way before that. But saturation on how we kind of think about it has to do with tape and the uh, tape being magnetic and the magnetism that exists with uh, how much a tape can hold. So when you used to record things um, with, you know, tubes, transistors, gear, basically, when everybody used to record that, it would add, um, basically, you would be adding uh, magnetism to the tape and over time, tape gets overloaded and the, uh, I believe the oxide particles uh, add up more and more. And then eventually your tape becomes overloaded and you get saturation. So as things get more and more level, basically you get overload and you get distortion. But it's caused, originally caused by tape and the magnetism within tape and the particles, which is just fascinating. Um, so that is a quick rundown of saturation and where it kind of came from. That's kind of why people think often of tape when they think of saturation, because that's kind of how we mainly used it in the audio world many moons ago and still use it. But saturation to me uh, kind of boils down to how I use it uh, within mastering is via tubes or via tape tape emulation and then just general transistors. And each of those three things have a very kind of specific sound to them, which I could get into later or now if you want me to, Matt. But uh, do you want me to get into those now or, or do you want to try and 
uh, dialogue. <laughs> I would love to dialogue. <laughs> okay. So that's, so let me stop there. Saturation, brief history, how I use it within tubes, tapes, transistors. Each one of those to me has a sound, which I can get into later and how I like to use them. Pause there, hand off to Matt, go. Thoughts on saturation? Um, so yeah, you do have you do have the the whole tape thing. Um, and I mean tape's awesome because there's just like a ton of dynamic range with it. And I don't think that if like stuff is really on tape, it's normally coming more from like a digital kind of thing, unless it was tracked onto tape. Um, in mastering normally, it's like you're either doing a transfer or you're um, kind of using it for an effect. Um, <clears throat> tapes, tapes, tapes a pretty cool thing because like, like as soon as you start using it, there's a bit of like degradation that happens. And so like from when it's like brand new to when it's like, like even like a few weeks old, there's like some degradation. And then if like you're reusing the same tape and kind of wiping what's on it, um, there's some degradation there as well. And then I know old tape, it has to be like baked. And it's like there's like a whole thing about that because, you know, you don't want to catch it on fire. You don't want to <laughs> melt it. You don't want to do any of this stuff. But it's like it's like all of that in order just to kind of like get this format to work. It's just, it's so darn cool. Um, and yeah, just like the way that you can, the way that you can uh, drive into it and the way that you can, uh, and if you were to like say like drive an output stage, it'd be more like a transformer kind of a thing from a, from a tape machine. Um <clears throat> So it's like you have that, and then you also normally what people think of also is uh, is like a, like driving tubes, mm -hmm. and so I wasn't around back then, but I'm assuming that it was kind of a flavor that would be a natural effect. I mean, and it's like sometimes if I have saturation in any bit of my desk, um, you can always send stuff over a little bit too far, and I always call it like like you have like some something that the tube does that's like not necessarily favorable. I call it a fart, um, <laughs> just a tube fart, just like yeah, well. Like no one wants that in the room, so um, normally you gotta kind of figure that out. But normally, like the lower parts of saturation are kind of nice, unless you're kind of going at it for more of like a creative side. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like even it's like you you do hear about this a lot more <clears throat> in the tracking, mixing, production side of things, and um. So like in let's just like chat about guitar and it's like normally, not normally, just sometimes on some guitar cabinets that are let's say tube based, you'll have like an input and then you'll have some type of an output and the input could totally be like a drive to where you're driving, um, you're driving the preamp part of that which is a tube driven uh, like preamp and power stage, and so you can kind of get like a little bit of crunchiness in there and distortion and the tube like sound. Can kind of like it's I, the the way that I refer to it is kind of like folding over onto itself, and so it's like right now I'm like dealing with an album that's pretty, um, let's say crunchy, but it's not like in a bad way. It's just totally like an indie album that just wants to be crunchy for the sake of being crunchy. And there's a lot of that tube stuff where it's like the 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 guitars are kind of like folding over onto themselves, and it's not a bad thing, but it's just something that you kind of have to watch and manage as like you make things. Uh, as 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 the level comes up, and <clears throat> it's something you just kind of have to be cognizant of, because it's totally a cool tone, and you don't want it like as things get louder, and you know, like like whether they're compressed or limited, or like hitting a limit, hitting a a converter, and 
let's say, getting limited that way, um, you really don't want to lose that kind of cool effect that can be coming about because of that. So, um, I'll say, I'll say, yeah. So normally, like the way that I'll use it would be somewhere along the lines of, um, and I think this is everybody is uh, tapes, tubes. I said tapes, tape, <laughs> tubes, transformers, and I think those are. I think those are kind of like like the big ones. Mm-hmm. We do have like like the like the whole like tran transistor things too. Um, kind of depends on like like what you're doing and whatnot. Um, as far as like progressing forward in this conversation. Do you want to start with kind of? Do you want to start with the analog route or the plug-in route for things? Um, One is a more predictable path. <laughs> How would you like to proceed? Unless you have another way you'd like to go. I mean, I'd say analog is probably the easier way f- for me to talk about it in my signal chain and how I might use Perfect. it. Perfect. Let's talk, talk about, about plugins first. Okay, you want to talk about plugins? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because if that means it's going to be easier to talk about, that means you're going to talk longer about it. So let's right. get plugins out of the way. Great, I'll talk about plugins. Great, you want to talk about plugins? Let's. No, I want to dialogue about plugins. <laughs> great, great. <laughs> plugins. Season uh, five, it's going to happen. Plugins that I like for saturation. <clears throat> Oxford Inflator. Its whole Check. purpose is to add harmonic distortion. Depending on where you put the curve on the plugin, most people don't mess with the curve. Mess with the curve, uh, it will add or retract harmonic distortion, which gives uh, the thickness and density that you hear, the inflation. Did you ever read the manual on that thing? I sure did. Is like that curve kind of like where on the EQ spectrum of things, it's being it's it's essentially adding in this harmonic saturation. Or am I totally thinking about it wrong? That's no, how I've thought about it. I've never read the manual. It's more so like has to do with the amount of saturation it's adding. It mm, is kind okay. of what if you push it, uh, if you go positive curve on it, um, let me just look it up. It doesn't have to do with frequencies. I mean, it does, but it's not like you're not like changing. I always the just like viewed that curve slider as like that's like the, like in just in my ear because it's like as you go up, you're affecting higher frequencies, but like as you go below that like little like scotched line detent thing, yeah. it's not a detent at all. Um, it kind of does this thing that the Neve MBP does with like that silk blue, right? And it kind of like. It can't. I, I. I. can't really describe it too well. There's some like mid stuff that seems to be happening more, but there's this like really odd thing that the silk blue does on the Neve, and it's like if I ever needed an in the box version of Neve silk blue, yeah, which I don't, right? <laughs> I would just use that because I'm like, wow, this just sounds like, identical to it. Yep. So, basically, the manual. yeah, I have it here, and it, and it. I think what you might be hearing is what they're calling the effect is dynamic expansion without time consent, um, potentially. It says when the curve is at the minimum position of negative 50, it produces the most subtle changes. Overall loudness is minimal, but significant harmonic content is added to produce a richer tone overall. It predominantly 
see. The loud parts of the mix will be apparent and accentuated by the effect of a dynamic expansion feeling. If it's at so it has the, nothing to do with EQ. No, I mean that'll obviously impact your each EQ. I'm totally gonna pull this thing into that plug-in doctor <laughs> right. and just kind of like see what it's doing. Watch as I feed a signal into it and just right. kind of see what it does. Like, it's like at this point, I've been using it wrong for like the better part of eight years. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I started using it when you and I started chatting. Yeah. So there's at least five, six years I've been using it. If you just have it so, at, at the mid position, default zero, which most people think isn't anything, it's actually a setting. And that setting is basically adding uh, harmonics to enhance warmth, basically, and mm -hmm. add presence and texture in the low yeah. end more so than anything it says in the low frequency register, which is the, infl the inflator to me has always been about lows and low mids and the limiter to me enhance button has to do with mids and high mids and top end the effect on the the enhanced setting on the oxford limiter for saturation because those gotcha. are the two i use two things i really like inflator for bottom end low mids the inf the limiter i don't use for the limiting at all i use it for the enhanced knob which is the saturation on it that's more like top end based so those are two plugins I really like. For anybody else, just go read the manuals. Great plugins. There's nothing. Yeah, if you don't, you read the manual. It's just you're gonna look like an idiot on your podcast. So just... <laughs> there's nothing, um, <laughs> nothing like it on outboard gear either that I found no. to be close to what it does, which is kind of cool. Um, I love those. It's also like the thing that's like like a bizarre secret weapon, but it's only a secret weapon because no one talks about it. Right. But like no one talks about it, not because it's a secret, just because it's like, yeah, it's just there. Like everyone right. uses it, right? Yeah. And, yeah, just yeah. a little touch of, touch of inflator, you know, start every song with inflator. Yeah. Um, those are really cool. Saturn 2, I really like, which is multi-band, um, compression, and then you can choose drive you can drive everything it's you can make a real mess of everything real quickly with that but mm. it has a ton of cool settings to i feel like it brings life why to don't you songs. go ahead and let people know a little bit of some of these presets that you have made <laughs> well over the years i've made presets for well over like the last couple of years saturn 2 is not that new um or that old uh i mean some of my presets i've made is uh just the names. Pull it up here. <laughs> Hang on. I don't have it pulled up. I have this on my desktop. Do you have it? I don't know if I can. Do you pull want me to? I have Sam Saturn it. presets. Yeah. Are these all yours or are these? No, those are all mine original. Okay, so you have like the normal like Sam electric. Oh, I got guitar bus. Sam, is it better or louder? Sam more mid. I'm not reading. The one that starts with open. I'm not reading that one. Cause that <laughs> I have one that's called Big Booty and Bright Teeth. Yeah. That one. That, that, that one's a classic. Big booty, bright teeth. Um multi What was the one that's like hilarious? You're mixed but better. You're mixed but better. I have uh the, I haven't loaded these in yet, but I've been meaning to try them. Sam's that, that <laughs> the one that's like there's the sub. Yeah. <laughs> That garage, a little passive aggressive. I have uh, that garage indie sound. Yeah, SSL console, which I think that setting sounds like an SSL pushed. Uh, Did you saturation. say punch in the booty yet? Punch in the booty. Yeah, yeah. Pull the wool <laughs> off. There you go. More vocal. 
Um, yeah, so anyway, I obviously like Saturn. If FabFilter wants to reach out to Sam about it. Yeah, they his, want to make a custom. <laughs> that is presets. Most I'm staring down the barrel of like 25 <laughs> of these presets. Pretty solid. One of which I really don't feel comfortable reading yeah, on Yeah, some of them we have to edit. They're just not <laughs> contextually, they're just not, you know, they're good in the studio. But they they're weren't not, created to be read on the Yeah, air. they're not, you know, made to be out in public. They're not offensive. No, they're just they're not contextually bound. Just, you know, in this in this world, in this day and age, you just don't read that thing on the air. Yeah, it's personal. Anyway, <laughs> um, you know, it's a personal thing for me. It's a preset for me. You know. Anyway, very <laughs> uh, Saturn. I like a lot. Um, I mean, those are like the three main ones, and then you could you could quick segue to like clipping, which clipping is usually. From a hardware standpoint, I was going to ask if you yeah. wanted to go that direction. I could just speak real quick on it. Um, <clears throat> clipping for me, like analog, is usually like transistor based more so. It's kind of traditionally how clipping's thought of, I'll say, is probably via transistors just because um, the way a transistor reacts is a bit more brick wall y compression if you push it and it's a bit more edgy and kind of like. It's clipping to me is always kind of like in your face, and stuff just gets louder and louder and crunchier and crunchier in theory. Um, and I usually achieve that by pushing transistors outboard, but in in the box um, clipping, I like uh, it's free to try. You should give them money though. Event Horizon, um, which is a great clipper, standard clip SIR is incredible, especially because it has thirty two sample. I think it might go sixty four now. Um, oversampling. It's a pretty incredible clipper. Um, Tokyo Dawn Gentleman's Limiter has a clipper section. You can do multi-band and make a real mess of things or make really great things. Um, and then even the FabFilter um, Pro L2, one of the settings, I'm trying to think which one, it might be the modern setting or aggressive. I had once again read the manual. Uh, it says it's basically trying to emulate clipping, which... Um, most people don't realize one of the settings on the Fab Filter is a clipper. So uh, those are the plugins I like for clipping. Clipping to me is all about like aggressive in your face sound. Usually, mm -hmm. um, it's not very. It can be basically transparent in theory if you're just barely doing it. But normally, clipping will have a an overtone of borderline distortion, or it is distortion, and sometimes that's good and fits the material well. Sometimes people then send the master back and go, it sounds like it's distorting and clipping, um, which isn't always what people want. That's exactly how they sound. It sounds like distorting and clipping. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> I wish it was, I wish I had like a, a Siri to read my emails like that. Um, anyway, that's, uh, that's clipping. That's, that's the plugins. You know, if I were going to use in the box, Check out Oxford Inflator for lows and mids. Check out Oxford Limiter for top end. Saturn II for multiband to make like a real mess of things or real great things. Clipping, um, Event Horizon, uh, Standard Clip, and Tokyo Dawn Gentleman's Limiter. There's a clipper setting in there. And then the Fab Filter setting uh, action. That's, I think it's aggressive, is what the, the clipper is. So, that's my in-the-box saturation. I use, I want to talk about how I use each one, not plug-in, but 
the types of saturation at some point, but I'll hand off to you here. Plugins. Mine are surprisingly similar. Things how we you know talk about most stuff. Wow. <laughs> and share most things that we do when we find something cool. Um, so I'll make this pretty quick. <clears throat> um, I definitely use the inflator. Um, I also, if I, I don't know, it, it depends on the song. I might use it also as a clipper because it has that function to it. Um, and I don't know, it's like you can kind of like push that like red button. <laughs> so um, the Saturn, I don't know why I am so late to the game on. Um, I was late in the I game remember, too, as well. What's that? I was late to it as well. I didn't get on Saturn until it was Saturn 2, basically like the up- updated version. Um, I actually think I have like... So here's like a thing. I don't... Like when I initially started out, I had <clears throat> cracks of Fab Filter, and I thought I purchased the Saturn, but like I literally just got into using it I don't know, like six months ago, maybe a year ago. And I just have Saturn. I don't know when Saturn 2 came out. So if if Saturn 2 came out within the last year, then I may still have the crack of it and I might need to buy it. <laughs> I don't I don't know. FabFilter, no kidding. They're like the plugins that they just always work. Crack or no crack. They're just so darn nice. I don't know what Saturn 2 does. I'm yeah. totally gonna have to look that up. But I did see that there was a Saturn too. Um, I'm typing it into my computer so I don't forget to look it up. All right. <clears throat> so I use that. I absolutely love it. But like you said, you can make a total mess of things really quick. Um, and just like being able just to give something just like a touch of like, I don't, it's, it's not even like tone. It's just like, like, hey, let's just kind of like bring this area out in just like a really nice way. I honestly don't use it in multiband too much. Um, I should probably play with it, but I've, I've never really gone down that road. Um, something about it, though, that to me, and this could just be Saturn, they may have changed it for Saturn too. That's a little bit sneaky, and it might just be me not like going into the multiband mode. When you bypass like the little channel strip thing on the plugin, you're bypassing that whole section that the band is affecting. And you're not actually bypassing like whatever it is on the plug. And it's kind of confusing at first because you first bypass it and it's like if you just have it as one solid band, it's just the whole band itself, which is the whole song, dims back. And so it actually confused me at first because I was like, wait a second. It's like, is this really like the, like how bad my, <laughs> I thought this was how bad my like prints or whatever sounded. And I was like, there's no way. And then I realized, I was like, oh, well, it's just dimming back the band. And so it's not actually this stuff that's sounding bad. It's just dropping it back by like two or however many dB because I don't have multiple bands selected. I don't know. I could just be an idiot and that might just be me. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll have to check out what's going on in Saturn too. I'm excited now. <laughs> so I'm totally going to buy that tomorrow. Um, I used to, this is like if I need to grab for a multiband, um, just because I haven't really dabbled with the multiband feature of Saturn, I'll still go to the Isotope Exciter. Mm, yeah. I like, I like what it does. I'm so like back and forth on Isotope. Um, I use it, I and mean, I use parts of it, I use parts of Ozone quite a lot. 
Uh, like I've said in previous episodes, I really love that master rebalance, and it's kind of funny because it saved like it, it in all like what master rebalance saves is it saves like my schedule, because if somebody's like ah man I think like the drums need to come up or something, it's like I can totally be like so I got this program that it, it claims it can bring the drums up and I know it can do it because I've heard it it blows my mind every time. Do you want me to try it? Yeah sure. And so I just bring the drums up and I send like the V two back four minutes later. And they're like, holy shit, this is perfect. Go ahead and print it. And now we don't have to go through like a mix revision of like, oh man, I brought the drums up too much. Let's split the difference. We don't have to do that. We can literally just do it right there. And it's a lifesaver. <clears throat> the maximizer is kind of cool, but it's got that nice like dynamic perception kind of thing. Like if you smash the, mm -hmm. if you smash stuff a little bit too much in the analog, you kind of bring up the maximizer. Don't even touch the maximizer. Just bring up the dynamic perception. And you're just like, holy moly, where did that come from? And it's kind of nice. Um, I really like the vintage limiter for like indie rock stuff. If like you just need like a little bit of extra level. But anyway, we're talking about saturators and stuff <laughs> like that. Um, I actually do think on that vintage limiter, the analog tube and modern settings, I think those are pretty darn accurate to like textures that are added to kind of segue back to this episode. Like the analog gets like super round and nice and it can kind of like roll off that top end if it's like a touch harsh. And that tube, it's just like the midfield, just like, here you go. And it just all get like anything that's like MIDI is just like super out in front. So it's like guitars, vocals, just like kind of pop. Um, but it can be a bit harsh. And then modern's just like nice and just kind of, I don't know, I've, I've kind of liked that. If you use it, it's a, it's, a, it's a bit buttery. Yeah. But the exciter is just kind of nice. It's super easy to dial in. It can get out of control pretty easy. I do, however, think that the Saturn is just like a more refined um, exciter yeah. than... The exciter. It's just like if you kind of had to put a little bit of polish on it, it just does it a little bit better. Something that I actually have that I don't care for, I can't, I don't know the company that makes it. And I've only used the plugin and I bought the plugin and I'm only complaining about it because I paid money for something and I really don't like it. It never <laughs> works. I really don't care for that, whatever it's called, like the black box oh, yeah. analog design, yeah. the HG2, I think it's called. Yeah. It's like, I can never get that sucker to work for me. I can never get it to dial in. And it's just like, meh, eh, whatever. <laughs> so that's kind of like my whole plug-in thing. If I use any kind of texture dealio. As far as clipping, since you said clipping, can I say clipping stuff? You or can do you say wanna... clipping. <laughs> do you have any more to say about clipping or are we going to move on to into analog? Not really. Like Clipping is just... It's something I don't, I'll just say, I don't usually do um, just because I don't feel like I need to do it. I think a lot of people traditionally think clipping is like how master engineers get loud masters. And I think at a time, it was probably maybe a better option to get loudness back in the day of 90s and 2000s, early 2000s, when everyone just clipped like larvae golds or blues. And that was kind of the sound. But there's also a ton of distortion on those records um, mm -hmm. that I think sometimes people romanticize. Even though they were potentially more dynamic, um, every time the kick or snare hits, there's a crackle. <laughs> like, um, I think with the playback systems back then being so inaccurate as well, you know, I think about that age of 
For the most part. CD, yeah. Like, you know, you're, <laughs> you're skipping CD, Discman, or even cassettes still. Um, there was just such a roll-off in top-end or like low fidelity in playback that you would never hear the crackle clipping. <laughs> like you just, you didn't hear it. But once you get like on some great speakers uh, in a full range room, like for me, a lot of the old records I go back to, I'm like, this thing is just crackling every time <laughs> that gets big. Um, you know, and I would have never when I had told my, you that like, <laughs> 10 years ago. When I had my lawn business as a kid, yeah. like I like cut people's grass for like nine or 10 years. And, like, the whole change really happened between, like, cassette to CD. Yeah. And I got, like, a riding mower. And so, like, I'm just kind of, like, changing Sony Walkman pretty much. And it's, like, you go to CD and you're, like, man, this sounds really good. And then, like, you hit a bump in the yard and it skips the CD. It's, like, ah, what the hell? And it's, like, tapes didn't do this. Right. It's, like, tapes could take a licking and keep on ticking. Absolutely. So, yeah. So that's Technology, all, man. That's all I, I'll say about clipping. Um, but experiment with clipping if you're out there. You know, it's it's pretty destructive in its nature. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's... I think people really hype clipping up to be something that you don't really need um, mm -hmm. outside of wanting a very specific kind of hard, in-your-face, aggressive sound. Um, and I think when I say that, like, hard, aggressive sound, that doesn't mean loud. It's a it's a tonality thing more than a loudness thing. It It plays into loudness, but... Clipping has a very specific sound to me, um, which can be awesome sometimes and terrible at other times. So that's all for that. Yeah. So, so that's all that you have on clipping, and yeah. as, as far as analog and digital. Yeah, I'm, I mean, outside of saying clipping is like full blown, just the transients are being fully rolled over, basically clipped. <laughs> um. That's what's happening. Trans transients are being clipped. So mm -hmm. that creates then distortion, which then creates harmonic distortion, which creates fatness, which creates the loudness that you hear from clipping often. Okay, that's yeah. all I'm going to say on clipping. <laughs> as far as me with clipping, um, y'all, if you've been a listener for you know any stretch of time, you know that I hit my converter pretty hard. Um, and that was one of my gripes about the Hilo is that um, it just wasn't able to take some of the heat that I wanted to kind of dish out to it. And Sam makes fun of me. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, you treat it the way, if you treat it like the manual says you should treat it, then you'll be fine. Not a clipper. Matthew. Yeah, and, yeah, but it should take some heat. Anywho, I digress. Um, so in general, I really like hitting ADs pretty hard. Um the Hilo, I will say, compared to the head, is definitely, like, slappier as far as how it clips and distorts and does its, like, part, like things and farts and pops and all that stuff. Um, but if you do hit the Hilo pretty hard, um, and if you have, like, any kind of, like, dynamics in between stuff, it is going to get, like, a touch noisy. And uh, you may want to look at something like Sam has, like, the Better Maker, just to kind of catch stuff before uh, you hit your AD, and which has an onboard clipper. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, or you might just want like an AD that can handle the heat before you pass it off to whatever you have going back to your computer. Um, I have, the way that I have everything run in my system is I have, I go for my Hilo, 
uh, from my computer to the Hilo, and then that handles all my monitoring. And then I send in and out digitally uh, AES to the Cranesong head quantum, and then that does all the analog uh, goodness. So, <clears throat> yeah. So all the DA would be... Um, would be done with the crane song, and then um, the AD technically is the crane song, but if the DSP on the crane song, which is saturation and all that stuff, if that is not enabled, then it passes on. So I don't know if it doesn't impart a tone, but it passes the peaks on, so it does not catch any of those peaks, and it passes them on to the helo. And so it's like I can totally, which is kind of nice, because if I want something to be a touch slappier and it's like a loud song that you're not going to hear any of the distortion, you just get that added, added clipping benefit, then I'll totally pass it on to the helo. But if it's got some dynamics and whatnot, I'll just like dial in like, I don't know, like 0.5 of like one of the DSP things and it'll totally catch every peak. And so that's kind of nice. Um, so I'll do that as far as clipping. Um, the Neve, as you start like kind of tickling into those like yellow lights on the output meters, it can get a little bit crunchy. And in certain scenarios, just like the soft clipping is just is kind of nice. But as Sam said, it's like, you know, it's like your, your mileage may vary. Um, I already said I like the inflator. That like Alicia like plug-in compressor, um, mm -hmm. it's like the Alpha. It has that like that like warm soft clip, whatever it is, and those are those are pretty nice. I, I like that one a lot. And then I've recently been playing around within the last while with the Pro L two as a clipper, and you can it's it, yeah. And as you go like through the little things, um, little attitudes, behaviors, whatever they call it. Um, it just limits or clips different parts first. And so that's kind of nice. So anyway, that's kind of what I do as far as clipping. And this isn't a clipping episode, but we'll talk <laughs> about clipping. So anyway, <clears throat> um, it, let's let's stay in the analog. Where else are you using it in the analog? If Saturation? Saturation, Saturation? any texture, any anything. Um, yeah, let me give like... I'll say a, a rundown. Let me get that rundown to y'all about how right. I use uh, analog saturation in the types. Then any any color too. Yeah, um, I'll start with tubes because I love tubes. We did an episode on tubes and solid state, so see that episode for more depth on tubes, what they are. But one of the reasons I really <clears> like <throat> tubes is because of the even harmonic uh, distortion it usually adds. Traditionally, that's why we like tubes. Um, tubes also can create a nice little form of compression um, within the tubes if you drive it into it, which can uh, make things more loud more often, as I describe compression. Um, and also, I find tubes uh, to sound really like musical, happy. Um, they're usually viewed as warm. Um, I feel like the massive passive, which is one of the tubes things I have, adds like a 3D depth dimension to it over probably mm -hmm. anything within the EQ of it. It can really feel like I can create kind of a front to back wide thing within the EQ of it. And I know that's got a lot to do with the tubes. 
um, and also kind of the curves that the Mass Pass offers, but tubes can often create kind of space and dimension um, within it. So I'll often go to tubes when something, like if I'm mastering, like if something sounds kind of thin or kind of, you know, one dimension or feels kind of sterile, um, you know, I'll hit it with tubes and that'll often bring kind of warmth and kind of some fun and, and dimension to it and fatness. Um, so, you know, I like the Massive Passive for that. Uh, LCA2B, Tube Tech, Compressor Limiter uh, is tube-based, does similar thing, but just via compression limiting. Uh, I'll just go through those two things, um, or I, I'll stick with just those two things. I don't have to go into everything with gear. Uh, next thing I really like to do with saturation would be like tape. Uh, tape idea. The Overstay or MAS I have is a basically a tape emulation. Um, it's created to round off transient peaks to create compression that basically creates a more smooth and louder um, sound overall. And then within that, uh, it has different harmonic options. Uh, a lot of people with tape, we kind of like tape because of odd order harmonics, which are kind of a bit more punchy in your face um, feeling. In my opinion, it's not as always warm, but it's more of kind of a low end boost with a top end roll off kind of giving this contrast. Um, that everything just got bigger and fatter. And then with the transients kind of getting rolled off with the tape, it just makes everything compressed, which is more loud more often. If you drive it too much, it gets crunchy and sounds like a fuzz box. But if you dial it in just right, it just kind of gets fatter. Um, it sounds very focused to me. Found sounds very dense, especially in the mid-range. Um, it's kind of awesome on rock and roll and things of that nature. So I'll use tape tape stuff, um, you know, if a song feels like it kind of lacks punch, lacks density, um, if it feels like it might need like a hair of contrast in the top end because of kind of the way it rounds things off on the top end, it'll then highlight kind of <clears throat> the things right below it, which can give the top end actually more clarity and almost perceived um, that it is brighter even though you've rolled off some of the top end. So that's kind of how I like to use tape. And then like the whole like transistor, transformer type thing. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that have transistors in it. Um, my Poltex that I really like have old transformers and transistors in it. I find those to create a more aggressive sound, um, kind of as I already described. It, you know, I think hard clipping kind of comes from a transistor approach of hitting those so hard. But I feel like it creates this in-your-face, almost ear-darty sound if you want it to, and creates like a lot of texture-type feelings. Um, I feel that it also kind of can really, if I need something to like become really loud, a transistor or pushing into a transistor-type thing can really uh, make the top-end harmonic sound um, kind of bigger, but sometimes you can lose some punch in it. Um, if you start pushing stuff too hard, like it's in the clipping, you're not necessarily like getting more punch and density. You're just getting like this wall of sound that gets louder and louder and louder, but you can kind of lose depth and dimension and impact. So it's always a balancing act. But I'll go with something like that if I need to add really like some hype and energy and in-your-face aggression. 
Um, you know, if a if a mix feels kind of dull um, or that even like kind of the vocal, if I feel like a vocal is a little boring in the mix, um, kind of a transistor approach can add some grit uh, to the top end and texture that kind of brings out the character of that vocal and adds some harmonics that makes kind of the vocal pop out and feel really energetic. So that's kind of my quick like tube tape transistor rundown. You can apply this with plugins too. If you have plugins that, you know, are tube or plugins that are tape or transistors or whatever, or even just pushing into most plugin, um, most plugins that are emulating analog probably have transistors or transformers in there that they modeled. So just pushing in and out of those input outputs will change that sound. But that's kind of how I use it. You know, there are different tools, even though they're all creating saturation, they're just creating different types of saturation. If you learn how to use them correctly, then they become super helpful. Because I think a lot of people approach saturation just thinking like it's all the same. Like I could throw a tube thing on it or a tape thing on it, it's all doing the same thing. But it's really quite uh, drastically different, in my opinion, of how it interacts with the material and content. So that's Sam's third person rundown. <laughs> of tubes, uh, transistors, tapes, how I like to use them, how I think they sound. Matt, hand off to you. Oh, in the analog. <laughs> in the analog. <clears throat> I would say... I mean, I've, I've, I'm trying to like say this in a way that like isn't just like the same as listening to a gear episode. <laughs> um, like... I absolutely, I was kind of lost when I sent this off. I absolutely love my, um, my very Mew. And that guy was that, like, I, I had to send that one off. And like, I, I just needed like a retube. And there was like some stuff that was like way kind of too out of whack with it. Cause like, if I would like switch it from compress to limit, like, one of the channels would just like be like, okay, nothing's going through it, but here's two decibels of gain reduction on the meter. And it's like, ah, crap. I got to send this thing out. And this was, this was a little while ago. <clears throat> um, but I was like always finding to be like, man, how can I make up this tone? I bought the plug-in. I like bought everything. I could be like, man, what can I make this back with? And it's just like, it's just such a good sounding compressor that I'm probably just going to keep on holding on to this. Um, so I really love pretty much everything. The main thing I love is the output stage. I think it's so darn like flavorful. It's so darn like nice and it's just a nice hug. Like even if you're not compressing a thing, um, even like the compression of it, it's like there's like a little bit of a sound to it because even for a very mew, in my very limited opinion, um, it's pretty darn slow for a very mu, and even like the fast is like, man, can we like speed this thing up a little bit? Uh, it's pretty darn slow, but it's like you just kind of got to know how to how to use it. And I won't claim that I know how to use it perfectly, but I don't know how to use it for me. And my clients pay me all the time. I get paid on time, so I get paid. Even let that tell you <laughs> that cheddar. Um, like so, like even the compression on it is like gorgeous. The input gain is cool. However, Question mark. Um, it can be like a little bit too tubby at times. So like if you're going to use it, normally I use it for tone specifically as opposed to input gain. So I'll like totally drop down 
like the level somewhere before it. And it's like one of the first things in my chain. I'll drop down the level prior to it before I like increase that input gain just because it's like we're trying to get that tone. We're trying to get it more gluey sounding. We're trying to get it to hang together. And so, um, yeah, I like the Varimu a lot. So input, output, and compression, it's all just, just this warm, lovely, gluey mess. Um, the massive passive, as Sam says, I mean, it's just like this like incredible like 3D box and... I honestly only use it for like the two like mid bands. And I don't know why. I I don't really care for it for low end. If I want low end, I want it to be tight. If I want it to be fat, I'm gonna do it somewhere else. And if I want it to hit harder, I'm gonna go over to the Massalik because I don't really want too much texture. I feel like also with low end, I want more control over that low end than I think that the massive passive offers me. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure I have a hunt like like a hundred people right now being like, man, you don't know what you're doing. And this is just my personal opinion. If I have low end stuff, uh I like in issues, I want the maximum amount of control over it that I can. And I just don't think that this EQ really gets me there. And so I'm gonna handle it via another avenue. Um, and as far as the top end goes, I honestly think the mass look does it better, and it's just it's it, to me it's nicer. But it's like I mean, shoot, man, you throw like a um, you should you throw like a a band shelf on not a band shelf. I I always type it in my notes as like BS, but it's like boost shelf, <laughs> and so it's like okay, there's a boost shelf at twelve plus, and then however many clicks that is, um, then the cues and like all for all for me, they always just kind of stay like <laughs> they always just stay wide open, um. And it's just, there's a nice sparkle. There's a nice top end to the Manly Massive Passive, but I don't think it can... Normally, if I want air, I don't want to be air. I want, like, super clean, kind of crisp air. And so that's where I just go over to the Masselic. The Masselic has absolutely zero tone whatsoever. And the last time I talked about it, I think I said it's, like, totally like a point-and-shoot kind of a thing. It's like... If you have like a marksman with like a pistol, it's just like, I want to turn the vocal up. And you just like, all right, here's where the vocal is. Boom. And you just turn it up. Okay, I want the low end to be like bigger here and the song has too much of it on the sides. Okay, push it into MS. Let's search for where the low end is on the, you know, the the band selection. And let's give that a boost in the mono. And then we're going to cut it out just a skosh out of the sides, if there is it, if it is in the sides, or maybe we don't do anything on the sides, we just do it in the mid, and so it's just that EQ is pretty nice. It's actually as far as like box tone goes, and as for transparent as it is, there's this bizarre 3D effect that happens when you run through it that I cannot explain. Um, the API 2500 that I completely forgot to talk about <laughs> in the gear episode. Y'all, that tone is like super bright, super thwacky, um, and absolutely fantastic. I use it's another example of like how I use like a plugin completely different than the compressor. And what's crazy is I really 100% believe in what that manual says. I did read the hardware manual. If I'm gonna pay that much money, <laughs> I'll read the manual for there for however much money this is. Um, I love that 
the manual is like, when in doubt, just do the knobs at noon setting. And I was like, you know what? I'll totally do a ratio for five just to get like, and have that knee like pretty hard and then that thrust control at medium. And I don't know anyone else who's using it in the feedback compression style, but I I don't know why. I've, I love feedback compressors. And so just to like get like a thwack or even if you're doing any type of just like subtle leveling, it's like this thing's a bus compressor, so it's supposed to level out the whole daggum bus. <laughs> and so I'm... Uh, it's like just using it just as like, like just kind of like letting the meters flow, dialing the re- release back all the way to the right and just kind of letting it ride the release really slow. It's like the slowest release time is like three seconds. The fastest release time is 50 milliseconds. The slowest is three seconds. And so you have a ton of time to play around with like what those needles are doing. And uh, that's a guy to dial in by ear. And so don't let a lot of those lights kind of fool you. But that is a cool darn compressor. I'll get you on the next year episode, though. <laughs> um, foot control systems is cool. It is super clean and nice. It has an output transformer. It does a little bit of beef to the top. Don't really mess with that too much every now and then. The Neve is a tone beast. And we're like totally five minutes from when I need to be on the road. So I will hurry <laughs> up. Um, the Neve is a tone beast. Um, I know people who get them and then immediately return them and don't care for them. And I think they're hoping the compressor is more than it is. I honestly don't have it for the compressor. I don't care for the compressor in it. I can hear it compressing before I can meter it, and that's a big problem for mastering. But you know what? I'll use it once a year, and, I mean, it'll totally save the day. So um, those many settings to write down, though, is kind of annoying. Because it's like, <laughs> you know, your gain, your attack, your release, where you're in feedback, feed for an RMS or peak. Was your side chain activated? What silk did you have? Was the limiter on? What was the SFE doing? So it's just a, like a lot of junk to write down. Were you linked or not? And I never go linked on the Neve. Um, the silk is really nice. The red is kind of like a poor man's mastering chain just in one button. But I mean, if it gets a job done, it gets a job done. The blue is nice. Kind of like, like, I can't physically meter it on like any type of um, graph, but like it does this thing to like the vocal range that kind of just like pushes it back that allows you to like bring it back up in other ways that I use that I really like. Um, and then like the gain on it's just like absolutely fantastic. Um, there's like just like driving the box is like holy moly. I think it's uh, it's it's got like some pretty beefy rail system in it as far as power is concerned, and so it can take the heat. And I think that does it for me as far as tone goes. I guess like the Masalik, the MPL2 kind of has a little bit of a tone Mm -hmm. in that it's like literally, like it acts like a high frequency limiter, but not in a high frequency limiter way. And so it literally just, instead of like, like an audible way of like you hearing it reducing the high end, it's literally just like, okay, yeah, I'll just turn this down over here in like the most analog way, sounding way I possibly can. And it's really sweet, and I highly recommend you go get them now. They're making them again. Um, and then I guess the Crane Song Head, uh, the Triode is kind of worthless to me. The Pentode's kind of cool. I can actually kind of play with this here. I don't know what type of effect you have on my vocals, so I don't know if this will come through. <laughs> but this is me turning up the Pentode, and so that's kind of cool because I'm running through my chain. And I'll turn it back down and then back up again. And then you want a little bit of tape, I can tile in the tape and I get a little rolly off on the top and a little fat in the bottom. I'm a little fat in the bottom anyway, so it's <laughs> all right. And all right, and then, then yeah, we're done. 
So I'll roll the pen dot all the way off. Kind of leave it for when this podcast is going because I think it sounds kind of dope. Anyway, I think that's about that. Do you want me to take it home? Do you have anything else to say? You should do saturation and texture and mastering. Yes. And yeah, I'm going to get, I, I need to get on the road. <laughs> it's, it's the sound you like. I feel like people don't understand. I mean, everybody's kind the of. The sound of hits. Everybody likes saturation. I feel like it's a very uh, buzzword for plug-in sales too right now. Color, saturation, blah, blah. But yeah. it really is a lot of the density, the loudness, the impact, the aggression, the energy comes from saturation. And uh, it's, a, it's a great tool. I'm glad we have it. That's all for I'm me. I'm very grateful for it. <laughs> Sweet. I'm going <laughs> to... I got to take this podcast home. If you like what you heard, what we done said, you should let us know. You can do so by leaving us a comment, which would be very nice of you. Um, you can do it on iTunes. You can do it or Google, wherever you're listening. Um, if you would be so kind as to just take a screenshot of right now when you're listening to this and um, just go over to Instagram, post it, say, hey, the episode is cool. I agree or I don't agree, whatever. Just make a post and tag us in it. We just love seeing who listens to this podcast. We would so great, greatly appreciate it. In the background, you can hear a sweet, queued up by the one and only Sam Moses. He's got a bunch of beats over at BeesOfBeats.com. Go ahead and give him some love over there. Sounds weird. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not really a vocalist either. I got a face for radio. Um, what else we got? I think that's it. Is that all we got? Like, comment, share, subscribe. Do I normally say anything else? I don't think I normally say anything else. That's it. Sweet morning, afternoon, evening, whatever y'all are having. Have a darn good one. Cue up the music, bud. Yeah, right.